Hi everyone, I'm Rosemarie Miller here with Chris Hellman, a senior editor here at Forbes, here to tell us all about carbon tax. Thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. Good to be here. So Chris, Elon Musk made a tweet this week saying that the only action needed to solve climate change was a carbon tax. For starters, what is a carbon tax? Well, in, in simplest terms, it's when the government charges you a fee for the amount of carbon dioxide or other greenhouse gases that you emit into the atmosphere. Um, carbon taxes around the world most often take the form of a tax on fuels that, that are made out of hydrocarbons or, or fossil fuels, you know, like gasoline or diesel or, or heating oil. Um, so, you know, if you like to drive a big truck that burns a lot of diesel, it, it would only makes sense that you pay a little bit more of a, a carbon tax uh, than someone who uses a, a plug-in hybrid. Mm -hmm. And so do we have a carbon tax in the U.S. currently? Well, and not on the federal level, uh, Rosemary, but there is like a, a patchwork of laws and mandates um, that states have decided on. Um, I was looking at an analysis by the Tax Policy Center, and they were um, considering the effect that various rules across the United States have on average. And they said it, it comes out to about $5 per ton of carbon dioxide emitted. That's about like where the, you know, all this bundle of taxes and regulations stands today. Um, but, you know, California has a lot of other rules that govern um, the kind of fuel that gas stations can sell. Uh, they mandate cleaner burning uh, gasoline. So it, it costs refiners more to make fuel in California. And then the refiners pass those costs along to motorists when they fill up. So um, they're paying kind of an indirect carbon tax in California to, uh, to have that cleaner fuel that's, that's mandated by the states. So there's, there's different ways to get at it. Um, so is this the reason California has the cleanest power grid in the nation, right? Well, they, they pretty much do. Um, that, that kind of got underway about 15, 20 years ago uh, when California first started imposing a carbon cap and trade system. Uh, that's where the power utilities have to trade the right to emit uh, amongst each other. And, and if, if the state caps that amount every year, then uh, over time they've, they've managed to get a, a less carbon intensive power grid um, in California. Um, but you know, there's, there's some drawbacks to taxing carbon or mandating lower carbon. Uh, the effect in California has been that um, the average homeowner in California pays about 22 cents per kilowatt hour for electricity. And that's about twice the, uh, the cost in like Iowa or Texas or, and many other states where it's more like 10 cents per kilowatt hour. So California has mandated and taxed its way to a cleaner power grid and, and cleaner emissions, um, but it's at, at the expense of, of paying more for, for that power. So, okay, couldn't people who drive big trucks or, you know, they work at a company or own a company that emit a lot of CO2 into the air, couldn't they just move to a different location and keep dropping yeah. the CO2 into the air? Yeah, that's the biggest problem that we have with uh, any kind of carbon tax uh, that's imposed on the nation level, um, because I, I was amazed by the numbers recently. I was looking at how um, how much more coal China is burning in recent years. China, I was amazed to learn, burns more than five billion tons of coal per year, 
versus just about, I think it's less than 1 billion tons now in the United States. So no matter what the United States or other, some other Western nations do about our emissions, you know, if countries like, like China and India are not also trying to reduce coal, it really doesn't matter what California might do, for example. Um, and so there's this, this concept called carbon leakage. And um, for years, the United States has kind of benefited uh, from it because uh, European manufacturers of you know, chemicals or pharmaceuticals and uh, steel, they've moved operations out of Europe to the United States because we didn't have any kind of blanket carbon taxes and because we had really cheap energy in the form of, of natural gas. So it would be really disappointing to those companies to have to change their strategy all over again. Um, but you know that's that's something that, that we'd have to consider that that idea of carbon leakage. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think the U.S. could get a carbon tax, and if so, what would the right amount be? Yeah, I don't I don't think that would happen uh, right now. There's there's about zero, zero chance of that passing this Congress, um, and it the carbon tax I think has become a political non-starter, um, and that's in large part because the two parties really disagree on how bad carbon dioxide is, and and what should be done about it. I mean, we, we breathe the stuff out every day, so it's it's not toxic. It's not going to kill us. It might kill us by, you know, causing the greenhouse effect and, and you know, rising the sea levels. But um, I, I, was, I was amazed to learn that under the Trump administration, the Environmental Protection um, Agency considered that the social cost of carbon was equivalent to about $5 per ton of carbon dioxide emitted. Now, fast forward to the Biden administration, um, the EPA now says that the social cost of carbon is about $200 per every ton emitted. So depending on who's in, who's controlling things, you'll have very, a very wide gap between how bad you think the effect of carbon dioxide is. Um, So I I don't know if if, if all those numbers make sense. Yeah, I mean, those, that's a really wide gap, as you said. But Chris, make that make sense for us. What do you mean by that? Yeah, um, that's it's one of the hardest the hardest parts of, of reporting on um, carbon taxes and carbon emissions is that you know how does how does that apply to us, right? So I, I guess the the easiest thing is to think of it in terms of uh, what would it do to the to the price of a gallon of gas. So right now, the average cost of uh, gasoline in the United States is around $3 a gallon. It'll, it'll vary pretty widely. Um, I, I was looking at a report by the Congressional Budget Office that determined that if we had just a $25 per ton carbon tax in the United States, that would have the effect of raising the price of a gallon of gas by about a quarter. So maybe 25 cents a gallon to um, account for a $25 carbon tax. Now, you know, that's, we could probably cover that, right? From $2 or $3 to about $3 and 25 cents, that's, that's doable. But if we were trying to cover, like I was saying before, if the social cost of carbon is $200 a ton, then if we were trying to cover all of that impact in carbon taxes, we'd have to add about two dollars a gallon to the price of gasoline so that would be a, a more than than 50 percent increase in gasoline prices mm-hmm. and you know the same thing would happen only more so with uh with natural gas you know those of us who who cook and and heat our homes with natural gas especially down here in texas um a 25 dollars carbon tax would increase the wholesale price of natural gas by about 
a dollar and a quarter per million BTU. So for those of us who've paid a gas bill recently, that would be about a 50% a hike on uh, today's natural gas price with, with just a $25 per ton carbon tax. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it, could, it, it would be a big difference to, to people's pocketbooks. And so, and wouldn't that put like a massive break on economic activity? Yeah, no, it absolutely would. Um, you know, taxes, pretty much all taxes do in one way or another. You're, you're forcing people to give up uh, money or capital that they would otherwise uh, employ somewhere else. They would invest it in something else that they thought was a better idea than, than what the government um, thinks it, it should be invested in. Um, and I think you know, Canada is really going through this uh, right now because uh, Canada's uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and, and his party um, got approved recently a, a nationwide carbon tax, and they're starting to see the uh, potentially negative effects of that, especially when it comes to people who, if you're living out in Quebec or the Maritimes, you're spending hundreds of dollars already to get heating oil to fuel your home to keep from freezing to death in the cold winters there. And so they're complaining so much about having to pay hundreds of dollars for this carbon tax all of a sudden that the the government relented and um, gave them a waiver for a few years on the heating oil tax. And so now the Canadian farmers are saying, hey, hold on, y'all, we, we need that too, because you know they're spending more to heat their barns and to dry their grain uh, in the wintertime in these, at these Canadian farms than they're spending on the natural gas. No, they're spending more on the carbon tax for this gas than they're spending on the gas itself. Does that make sense? So there's there's a lot of people concerned about the the negative impact of, of such a carbon tax, which is why it's it's not going to come to the United States anytime soon. Well, without the politically unpopular carbon tax, what are some other ways that politicians have found to discourage carbon intensive activities and encourage greener energy investments? Yes. Um, it, it, yeah, if, so if a carbon tax is not politically popular, it only makes sense that the politicians will try to find uh, ways around that to, to you know, more politically uh, palatable things. And um, that happened recently with the, the 2022 Inflation Reduction Act, um, which I, I think should have been called like the Green New Deal Act because there's so many incentives for uh, low carbon energy development. Um, so, okay, if you're building a wind farm, for instance, you can get 30% of your upfront investment in your wind farm back in the form of tax credits. So these are one for one offsets against a federal tax liability that you're getting back just because you decided to invest in wind or, or solar or other green generation. And okay, here's some numbers for us. According to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, uh, the tax credits for electric vehicles are going to amount to about $70 billion between now and 2031. 2031. And um, credits for carbon dioxide sequestration are gonna be about $50 billion. Um, so here's, here's some more specific examples. If you have a machine that can inject carbon dioxide deep under the earth and hold it there forever, sequester carbon dioxide, the federal government is gonna give you $85 per sequestered ton in tax credits. So if you're a big oil company and you have huge amounts of profits every year, you're like, I am absolutely going to try to inject carbon dioxide deep into the earth in order to get this $85 a ton. So instead of taxing people into 
not doing things, what the government is doing with the Inflation Reduction Act is incentivizing this corporate behavior to invest in projects that otherwise, you know, might not make sense for them, um, that they think in the long run will be, you know, will be for the greater good for, you know, lowering emissions for everyone. Well, that sounds very generous. Well, Chris, is there anything else on your radar regarding carbon tax that you believe should be on ours? Well, um, let me think. I think you can make the argument that the average American taxpayer is already effectively paying a carbon tax to the extent that we underwrite um, the green tax credits and the Inflation Reduction Act and and other uh, government programs. So, you know, if we're paying our taxes, that's offsetting these subsidies and tax credits that the federal federal government is giving for these projects. So I'd like to consider that our tax credit that we've already we're already paying. Right. Um, So it's it's a trade off. I prefer the government incentivize entrepreneurs to invest in a socially responsible way rather than uh, punishing and penalizing people for just you know driving a big truck or, or heating their homes, um, but that's what that's what makes it such a, a contentious political issue, and you know that's why Elon Musk thought he'd have some fun uh, tweeting about it this week. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. Great to be here. Thanks, Rosemary.